What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Terminator 101. I'm Eddie Green. I am so excited to get into this episode of the podcast with you guys. We're going to be talking about the differences between the three, as far as I know, three different editions of Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Very exciting. Um, I've been meaning to do this episode for some time, but life is busy. I'm moving, and I'm also creating content for the YouTube channel, which you can go check out at youtube.com slash Terminator 101 podcast. Go check that out. Subscribe. I would really appreciate it. So I've been busy, but I wanted to do this episode for a long time because um, I think that it's important to discuss the differences between these editions. And if you guys want to watch the film as the entire film and not watch these as deleted scenes, because you technically could, these could be classified as deleted scenes. But if you want to watch it in the entirety of the film, um, on the Ultimate Edition DVD and on the Skynet Edition Blu-ray, if you highlight the uh, Special Edition option on the menu and you key in the numbers 82997, so August 29th, 1997, if you key in those numbers, you're going to get the option to pop up the third edition of the film, which will be the extended Special Edition. You can watch that as well. So it's really cool because when you... I have the Skynet Blu-ray edition. When you when you pop it in, you get the option of watching the theatrical or the special edition, right? So if you want the option to watch the extended special edition, again, highlight special edition and key in 82997. And just so you guys know, in some cases, you might have to press enter between each digit, just so you know. So 8, enter, 2, enter. You see what I'm saying? So just wanted to get that out of the way. And we're going to get into this. But before we do, I have a quick sponsor coming up. I've been sponsored by Anchor, which is where I host this podcast through. Um, very gracious of them. So we're going to let that sponsor play. And then we're going to come right back. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. And we are back. All right, guys, let's get into this. Let's let's really delve into this because I'm really excited to uh, talk to you guys about the differences between the different cuts of the film. And um, I'm sure many of you are familiar with uh, the differences between them. So this is really going to be me giving you my opinions on, you know, really the scenes and whether or not I would prefer them because right out of the gate, I'm going to tell you guys... And I've said this before, so this is no, like, breaking news or anything. The theatrical edition of Terminator 2 is my favorite, is my preferred. Um, and it's not just because it's James Cameron's preferred either. It's really not. You know, as much of a fanboy of Cameron as I am. Um, you know, James Cameron is someone who is very satisfied with his theatrical cut. But he does love to give different editions of the film to give more supplemental material stuff that, you know, he would have liked to include it in the film and that he did film, but for time reasons or for storytelling purposes, whatever they had to come out, but they are interesting to see. And so he creates these editions, which is why they are not called director's cuts. You know, he's pretty, uh, pretty adamant about that. You know, he's very satisfied with the theatrical cut. This is not him trying to improve the film. It's just him trying to give people who enjoy the film more content. And that's great. And I love that. So having said that, the theatrical edition is my preferred. So I'm happy with that version. But uh, the special edition and the extended special edition um, have various scenes. So we're going to first talk about the special edition, which is the most popular 
uh, various edition of Terminator 2. So when you talk to people, typically you're going to be like, assuming they know what it is, you're going to be like, which do you prefer? Do you prefer the theatrical or the special edition? So the, the uh, special edition runs roughly 16 minutes longer than the theatrical edition, which is pretty damn long. You know, that's a pretty, di- like, a that's a long difference. I'm sorry to stutter there, but that's like a really long difference. You know, a lot of um, unrated editions or whatever you want to call them, they add maybe two, three minutes, right? And it's sort of like, what the hell was the point of this? You know, this is, this is almost a half hour of added material. And that's pretty cool. So anyways, uh, the special edition has uh, a few differences, and among them, um, and we're going to just start in uh, chronological order here, uh, the people, I guess you could say the orderlies, or the, uh, yeah, the orderlies, um, at uh, Pescadero are shown forcing Sarah to take her medication. So there's that scene where uh, Silberman tells Oh, what the hell is his name? I forget his name. I I should remember it. But anyways, the guy that licks Sarah in the theatrical edition, um, that guy, you know, tells her or tells him, you know, make sure she takes her medication. I don't like to see them, you know, disrupting their rooms like this. And then it cuts right there, right? In the special edition, we go a little further and they go in and they make Sarah take her medication. And they really like, this is a... Um, this is a pretty cool scene. You know, it's not necessary because the scene involving Sarah getting her face, you know, licked by the guard is enough reason for Sarah to want to, because you, you know, you can kind of put the backstory together. So, um, for, uh, for Sarah to want to exact revenge on him in particular, because remember later on in the film, she beats the shit out of him with that, uh, that mop. But, um, yeah, this is a cool scene. You know, it's really not necessary, but it is interesting to see the um, just the the uh, situation that Sarah is involved in. You know, we can assume that this has been happening before. You know, it's still happening. It's unfortunate. And I believe the reason it was cut, or one of the reasons it was cut, was to create, you know, you really didn't want... You know, the audience already sympathizes with Sarah to begin with, but you didn't really want too much more sympathy given to, uh, given to Sarah because she earns that later on in the film, you know? Um, so yeah, th- for my understanding, that is why that scene was cut. But it's a really interesting scene of them, you know, forcing her to take her medication and then, you know, kind of beating her to the ground a little bit. And then following that, uh, because of her taking the medication and then just, you know, her missing this particular person, she has a um, a nightmare. And in that nightmare, she gets a visit from Michael Bean playing Kyle Reese. And this is a really cool scene. Um, you know, it's great to see Kyle again. It really is. It's unfortunate that Michael filmed all that stuff and it was cut. And he wasn't in Terminator 2, technically. But, um, you know, I don't think Michael Bean has any, you know, bad feelings towards Cameron about that. But it's a really interesting scene. It's one of my, it's one of my favorites. Granted, it really doesn't push anything forward. It's just kind of, you know, in case you are not someone who watched the first film, you just went right into Terminator 2. It is a really cool, just kind of bringing you up to speed on where Sarah's been. 
but it's a, it's, it's a nice reunion too, you know? Um, the only thing I don't like about it is it has a slow-mo shot of uh, Sarah running down the um, hospital, and it kind of takes away from, because there's another slow-mo shot of Sarah doing the same thing, um, and I don't know, when you have too much slow-mo in your movie, it just kind of gets uh, boring and tedious and whatnot, so it kind of lessens the effect of when Sarah runs into the T-800 at the elevators and then runs back, you know, um, kind of takes away from that, so if, you know, if I were to make like a fan cut, I would include the scene with Kyle, but then I would, you know, cut it right there, maybe when he's at the door and he's like, there's not much time left in the world, Sarah. And I would cut it right there because then it goes into her running down the corridor outside. And then we don't get a full on, you know, version of it, but we do get a glimpse of judgment day. And that again, lessens the impact of later on in the film when we get the full fledged scene, which I've talked about here on the channel or not on the channel on the podcast um, because it's one of my favorite scenes in the film so it kind of lessens that so i would cut it if i were to make my own cut like a fan cut i would cut it right when kyle says there's not much time left in the world sarah perfect cut it right there beautiful we had kyle you know it's great to see him it's a character we all love and adore and miss beautiful but we don't need to see her running in slow-mo we don't need to see the little glimpse of judgment day that lessens it all right, so let's see here. Then we get into uh, the T-1000 stealing a police car after John and the T-800 get away after the canal chase. Um, that's, not, you know, that's a very unnecessary thing. We don't need to see that. That's cut it right there. Just take it out. Beautiful. Not needed at all. Um, the, another scene is the T-1000 realizing that the dog was not named Wolfie and then kills it after the phone call from John. Again, not necessary. That's a very unnecessary scene. And for people who love pets, I'm not one of them, but for you know, for people that love pets, it's, you know, it's it's I don't know. It's sort of like killing a baby on screen. It's just and and granted it's off-screen, but you know, some people are very against that. It's like, ugh, I don't even want to, you know, screw with that. You know, in the theatrical cut there's enough realization right there, you know, right when the T-800 impersonates John, asks about Wolfie, and then the T-1000 says, Wolfie's fine, honey, Wolfie's just fine, where are you? And then they hang up. Perfect. We realize, we as the audience know, hmm, the T-1000 put two and two together, and okay, now he's on. We don't need to see him going outside and killing the dog. That's dumb. Get rid of that scene. Uh, the next one up, instead of simply stating that the T-800 learns from humans, there's a really long scene in the garage where John and Sarah open him up to change his processor from read-only to learning. And then Sarah almost smashes the chip to end it all, but John talks her out of it. This is a scene, and um, I put it up on Facebook. I think I only put it up on Facebook, yeah. Um, asking for anybody who follows the podcast and the channel to chime in on your favorite scenes. And this is the scene that a uh, really, really awesome supporter of Terminator 101 in general, uh, Lucas, commented on. And Lucas, if you're listening, thank you. I really do appreciate that. Um, he said this is one of his, or this is his favorite scene that's not in Terminator 2, the theatrical edition. And I got to say, this is a great scene. Um, if you guys listened to my Terminator 2 commentary with my friend Mikey, 
I don't remember if we recorded it or if it was off when we weren't recording, but I told him that uh, because we watched the theatrical edition for time reasons and whatnot, but also because it's my favorite version. Um, but I told him because I showed him Terminator 2 a while back and uh, we watched the special edition because I wanted him to get, you know, as much content as possible. And um, then we watched, for the commentary, we watched the theatrical edition, and I told him some of the scenes that were going to be missing between the two, and I told him about this scene, where they take out the chip and whatnot, and he was so upset. For good reason. This is probably one of... This is probably the scene, yes, that I would put back into the film 100%. Granted, you know, again, this is for time reasons. Uh, Cameron cut it because, you know, it was easier to just get it out in a bit of dialogue instead of showing it to us. However, as cool as it is that we get, you know, the head cutting scene and we get that really cool um, filmmaking technique where they used... Uh, Linda Hamilton's twin sister to help film that scene. You know, there, it, it's a really wicked uh, way that they film that scene where uh, they're standing or they're, they're not standing. Well, they are standing, but Arnold's sitting They're in front of the mirror and it's supposed to look like a mirror reflection, but it's really just, you know, a set where there's a, a, a mirror set in between Arnold. And then on the other side, is uh, a puppet version of Arnold, Linda Hamilton, her twin sister, Edward Furlong, and his stand-in. So three people on one side, and two people, and a um, animatronic version of Arnold on the other side. So it's really cool in the way the camera moves, and the way that they had to really work out the timing, because... Um, it, again, it's supposed to be a mirrored reflection, but it's not. It's them having to perfectly time it, you know, as cool as all of that is. And if you guys are still kind of iffy on what I'm trying to explain, look it up. Look up the making of Terminator 2. And in one of those documentaries, they show that, you know, they show that scene and they kind of walk you through it. And you can kind of get some behind the scenes uh, footage of what I'm talking about. But as cool as that is, the best part of that scene is when Sarah wants to crush the chip to the T-800. And John comes over and stops her. And you get a real, like Lucas said, you get a real nice glimpse of John Connor really now at such a young age becoming the future leader, right? All this stuff we've heard of John Connor, the great John Connor, now we finally get the first glimpse, really, really the first true glimpse of him taking on and overshadowing an adult, right? And now we get, okay, maybe, yeah, may, okay, this guy, yeah, he's ready. Like, th he's already ready. So imagine him in, you know, years, uh, you know, years on. Imagine him then. It makes sense. It's a great scene. Very unfortunate that it was cut. One of my favorites. Lucas, I agree with you. So uh, there's that scene. Uh, John tries to teach the T-800 how to smile at the, at the gas stop. Um, that scene, uh-uh. That, I'm not a fan of that scene. You guys know me. You guys know how I feel towards Terminator 3, 4, and 5. Um, 
and how they introduced too much comedy into those films, especially three and five. Um, and this is something that Cameron realized too. He realized that, you know, you're, 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 you're treading very fine ground here when you try to make the T 800 too funny, right? You don't want him to try to be funny. You want him to try to do something and it just comes off funny. For me personally, and for you, it might be different. For me personally, that scene is trying too hard for comedy. You know, he's supposed to be learning how to smile. We don't need that. It just takes away from the awesomeness, the badassness of the T-800. That scene I don't love. I do love it, though, for uh, like if I'm ever online and I'm doing like, you know, gifts and stuff. I love looking up that um one and sending it to people uh it's a great gif but other than that it's awful take it out i don't like it the next scene is a uh, dyson scene at home working on the skynet chip prototype his wife comes in and reminds him he's promised to take the kids to raging waters dyson explains to his wife what a neural net processor is and how it'll change mankind for the better um yeah you know that's a great scene that's a that's a really nice scene it, it, it kind of extends uh, Dyson a little bit more because in the theatrical edition, we're not, you know, we're, we're introduced to miles and then we're kind of taken away from him for a while. And then we're brought back to him and then bam, we're right into, you know, the third act of the film of blowing up Cyberdyne. So it's, it's a very nice calm scene before the storm of Dyson explaining, you know, what this is. And it gives us a little more backstory and that's really nice. I would include that in my fan cut if I were to make one. I would put that entire scene back in. I think it's very, you know, it's not necessary, but it is very cool. And it's a nice addition, I think, personally. Uh, the next scene is at Enrique's house. John and the T-800 are stacking up ammunition. They start to talk about emotions and fear of death. John describes his childhood and his feelings about his mother's previous lovers. Um, you know, that scene, you can kind of... Yeah, not not necessary. That's a little unnecessary, I think, in my opinion. Um, what we got in the theatrical edition is perfect, and you don't need to go any further than that. Um, as John and the T, so this is the next scene. As John and the T hundred, and just so you guys know, I'm reading this off of IMDb, um, the alternate versions. So uh, you guys can look that up if you want. Um, but I'm, you know, this is where I'm just getting descriptions uh, for all these scenes. As John and the T-800 race after Sarah to prevent her from killing Dyson, John explains to him that killing is always wrong and life is important. At Dyson's home at night, a series of restored and rearranged shots show Sarah assembling her weapons with an alternate line from Teresa, um, thus building the tension of her stalking Dyson outside in his backyard. Um, I would cut that out as well. I, I don't think any of that is necessary. Again, it's just a version to extend the the runtime and it's not you know it's not necessary that's a good one to get out of there as well um the next scene at cyberdyne the gang destroys the lab dyson himself shatters a large-scale model of the skynet chip with an axe there is a dialogue change as the police arrive since the police radio dispatch is not continuous anymore the theatrical edition mentions the 1984 police station shootout, and the special edition focuses more on a repeat correction of the Cyberdyne address. Um, 
that's a, you know th- that's a really cool scene showing Dyson destroying it himself. It's a, you know it's really cool to see the creator right, or so you know we're led to believe you know he's probably had help, but you know this would, this would kind of be like um, Steve Jobs right crushing the 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 processor of an Apple computer back in the day or you know what I, you guys know what i'm trying to say here that's what that would be like very cool scene uh heart-wrenching right you know all this stuff time and effort blood sweat and tears poured into this you know this is his life's work you know it's really cool to see him take on responsibility and you know axe it um and finally a pretty cool scene uh, in the factory after the T-1000 is shattered. Uh, we see that it's beginning to lose control of its morphing. Its hand takes on black and yellow stripes when it grabs a railing, and later its feet squish and morph into the steel floor pattern on each step. Several minutes later, when it morphs into Sarah, John looks down and notices the T-1000's feet combining with the steel floor before telling uh, the real Sarah to shoot it. Um, very cool. You know, really cool stuff. Uh, I do like it. It's a little weird because out of all the stuff, you know, when I, cause I've seen Terminator two multiple times and it, and it was always the uh, theatrical edition, right? So when I was young growing up, it was always the theatrical edition. And so when I first saw the special edition, it was so weird in particular to see this scene because the ending of the film is so memorable and, you know, you kind of remember every single bit, at least I do of what's put on the screen in the theatrical edition. So to see this where he starts to like, because right in the theatrical edition, he walks up to the railing, right? And right as he's going to touch it, it cuts. So it's weird to see in the special edition that he, you know, that scene continues, he touches it and he, you know, kind of takes on the form of that. And he, you know, you see him, you know, malfunctioning. It's so cool, but it is very, um, out of all the scenes that are, you know, put back into the special edition. That's the most jarring for me always. I don't know why. Again, it's probably because if I had to make up a reason, it's because I grew up on the theatrical edition and that's such a memorable conclusion to the film. So to see new scenes put in always jars me a little bit, but I do love the idea of the T-1000 kind of malfunctioning and you know losing control of its abilities. Fantastic stuff. Um, and then it says after the theatrical credits run, uh, there are special edition credits. So that's the special edition, um, all the differences between that and the theatrical edition. And the only differences between the special edition and the extended special edition are two scenes. And that's one of the T-1000 searching John's room, which is really cool. It's kind of weird. It comes off you know, uh, Cameron cut it because he knew that the audience could put two and two together, that the T-1000, just by feeling stuff, gets a uh, idea of it, you know, where uh, this particular item has been, who's touched it, stuff like that. You know, we uh, we kind of can assume that as the audience. We don't need this scene. So if I were to make a fan cut, this is a scene I wouldn't include. But it is wicked to see, you know, Robert Patrick just kind of going around a room and just touching stuff. It's very, it has a nice fluid to it, you know, but it's not necessary. I wouldn't include it. And then probably um, the most controversial scene is the uh, alternate ending, right? And uh, what's, you know, what is that alternate ending? Well, the alternate ending um, is showing later on 
in the future an older Sarah and it's really bad makeup. That's one thing I got to say. I don't know what happened if it was rushed. For me, it looks awful. The makeup that they put on Linda Hamilton, bad. But it shows a really old Sarah and narration and her talking about how they stopped Judgment Day and that nothing happened. You know, they're living a beautiful life and it shows an older John and it's really cool. It's the same actor from the theatrical edition that we see in the future war. It's the same actor, but he's like, you know, clean. He's wearing, um, uh, is it a, is it a turtleneck or is it, uh, it, it's some kind of like a sweater. It's very weird, jarring to see him in it, but it's, you know, that's the point of it. And, um, apparently he's uh, become a politician and, uh, that's his new battle. So it's cool you know, it, it it really caps it. You know, it really solidifies, okay, what we did stopped it. There was nothing else, right? Very cool. Very, very cool. Kind of eliminating, although Hollywood always finds a way, but really kind of eliminating any chance of sequels. And I don't know, and I don't know if that is why truly Cameron did it, um, you know, but he chose to leave it more open-ended and end it with, you know, just that shot of the highway. And, you know, if a, if a Terminator can learn the value of human life, maybe we can too. End it right there. I like that ending as well. I, I, I really do. It leaves it open-ended. You know, it gives people the ability to tell more story if they have a good story to tell. Unfortunately, we got Terminator 3, 4, and 5 out of that, but, or at least 3 and 4, or 5 is like a soft reboot. Um, but it does leave it open-ended. So I would prefer that ending much more than the, um, the, uh, extended special edition ending with, uh, the old Sarah and whatnot. It's just a really kind of cheesy ending as well. It's kind of cheesy personally, but anyways, guys, um, so there we go. You know, that is really in a nutshell, all the differences between, uh, the three versions and now it's up to you guys. I want you to tell me. So you have a bunch of ways you can tell me. You can actually call in if you download the free Anchor app, assuming you're not listening to this on Anchor. You can download the free Anchor app and you can call in to Terminator 101, leave a voice message, essentially, and I can feature it here on the podcast. Let me know, you know, what's your preferred version, what's one of your favorite scenes, all that stuff. You can also find me on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at T101podcast. So it's all over there. And you can also find me on uh, YouTube, uh, youtube.com uh, slash Terminator 101 podcast. So there's a lot of you know, different outlets. You can get in touch with me and let me know if you want to, uh, which version of Terminator 2 you prefer and uh, what, you know, one of your favorite scenes, stuff you would include, stuff you wouldn't include, whatever you want to talk about in terms of the alternate versions of Judgment Day. I'm ready to talk, guys, so get in touch with me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun talking to you, and um, I got some exciting stuff coming up here in the future, so stay tuned, and until I talk to you guys next time, keep on terminating.